0: Mother's Day is around the corner and I have the best gift idea for you. Hold on to your hats. It's mylifeinabook.com. Every week, My Life in a Book will send your mom a question via email They will compile all of your mom or the mom in your life's answers and create a legacy keepsake book. The book becomes something you and future generations can treasure forever. I gave both my mother and my mother-in-law my life in a book, and they've already started responding to the prompts. When my mother-in-law received her first prompt, she said, oh my goodness, what a thoughtful gift. And that's what we all want, right? We all want to give thoughtful gifts. So check out mylifeinabook.com and use code SUSTAINABLE at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day, mylifeinabook.com and use code SUSTAINABLE for 10% off today. If you've been paying attention, you've likely heard something about gut health and why zoning in on your gut health is so darn important. Improved skin, and here's the big one, reduced bloating. Head to myeq.com and use code SUSTAINABLE for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and so much more. That's myeq.com and use code SUSTAINABLE at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. You're listening to episode 60 of the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast. You are listening to the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast, a show about living simply and sustainably with your family. Here's your host, Stephanie Safarian. Hi, friends. Thanks for joining me. So, you know, fast fashion is bad, really bad, in fact. But you've got yourself a closet full of fast fashion items upstairs. What can you do to avoid eco burnout and incrementally create a sustainable wardrobe? That's the question we are answering today. My guest is Kate Bagby. She is a fellow blogger and a self-described maximalist. So the first maximalist I've ever had on the podcast. And Kate loves fashion. She is offering steps to creating a sustainable wardrobe and her steps specifically apply to those of us who do indeed have a closet full of fast fashion. You will hear me say on the episode that I am a yoga pants wearing ambivalent fashionista and Kate's passion for fashion really rubbed off on me in a way that makes me want to get a little bit more excited about what I am wearing. Now, before we dive into the episode, a quick word on the 14 Days to Zero Waste Kitchen course. I've been so overwhelmed with the amount of support I've received from all of you, and the course isn't even out yet, so thank you so much. The course is coming in the first week of March, and it isn't sticking around forever. So this is your last chance. It really is your last chance to sign up for early bird access and a 20% discount when it launches. So you'll be the first to know when it comes out, and you'll get a discount. I'm taking a real limited amount of students just to save my sanity, so if you know you want in, you're absolutely going to want to be an early bird because it will fill up. There's a link to more information on the 14 Days to Zero Waste course in this week's show notes, which you can find at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 060, minimalist.com forward slash zero six o. Enjoy the interview. Kate, thank you so much for coming on the show. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having
1: me. It is such a pleasure to actually finally get to speak with you
0: in person. A little backstory for the listeners is that we didn't even know we were neighbors. Literally, I think we live about 20 minutes from each other in this whole planet, you could have lived anywhere you wanted, but you chose 20 minutes from my house. So I just think that is like the cutest coincidence.
1: I know it's it's pretty incredible and it goes to show you just how, you know, small the sustainability world is. We don't even realize that we think it's like people from across the globe and then we learn it's someone, you know, 15 20 minutes down the road
0: from us and it's fantastic. <laughs> we are destined to be friends. Why don't you tell all of us who you are, what you do and how you found yourself in the world of sustainability? Okay,
1: so a bit of a long story. I'll try and make it short, though. Uh, My name is Kate. I run the blog World Threads Traveler. Uh, I I didn't always start off, um, or I didn't start off in sustainability. It was actually a bit accidental. Uh, I came out of finishing my master's program in war, which I know is a bit absurd, Um, But my focus was uh, genocide studies and international humanitarian law, and I moved back to the Boston area and couldn't find work in that area. So, you know, in the meantime, I had a bunch of people asking me, you know, what I was wearing, where was I buying it from, and I thought, you know, I'll just start a blog, and it started as a hobby, And I was very fortunate it did well, but after about a year and a half, there was something that didn't sit right with my academic background and my blogging. And I thought, well, there's got to be a way to blend fashion and human rights together. How do I do this? And that's how I was introduced to the world of sustainable fashion. And since then, I guess that's been about three years ago now, about two and a half years that's been my focus, my entire focus. And so I focus on sustainable fashion, clean beauty, um, responsible travel, and just general con- conscious living, slow living, and how we can leave the planet or, you know, a better place, make it a better place, and how we can provide global
0: living wages. It sounds like we talk about a lot of the same topics. However, you are definitely the expert. On sustainable fashion. And that's why I wanted to have you on today. I've done a couple episodes on why fast fashion is so bad and what's the alternative. But I really wanted to have you on today to discuss if you have a closet full of fast fashion junk, what are the specific steps that anybody can take that aren't overwhelming and aren't daunting to make an incrementally eco conscious wardrobe? So, Before we even get there, I have to ask you, is it ever okay to buy fast fashion?
1: Oh gosh, that is such a large question with a lot of space for nuanced conversations to happen, but I will do my best to distill it down to a single answer. My gut reaction is no, it is not okay to buy fast fashion. That being said, however, we as educators in this space need to remember our own journey. You know, I certainly didn't wake up one morning and everything just was sustainable. I had to work hard to achieve this lifestyle and it is still very much an ongoing process. So I think when we're talking to people who are interested in this space, we need to approach it with a sense of understanding and a sense of forgiveness. You know, I, for one, and everyone else I've talked to in this space has had their moments of triumph, you know, where things just felt amazing and they were going according to plan. And as you go down this this road towards sustainability, the more you practice it, the easier it gets. But when you're first starting out, especially, there will be moments where you backslide a little bit, where things don't go according to plan and, you know, everything you're doing isn't sustainable. And we need to be Okay, with having that conversation and approaching it with a sense of understanding. I think from that approach, we can then kind of address the problem of why is this happening, you know, and how can we correct that behavior so that moving forward, it doesn't happen to you again. You know, marketing and advertising. Agents aren't stupid. You know, we've grown up, most of us, our entire lives in the fast fashion world where we've been told that clothing is so cheap, it's disposable, it doesn't matter. And we've ingrained that in ourselves. Um, So it is a matter of kind of looking in the mirror, addressing those issues, and changing our behavior patterns, which is not going to be easy at the outset. While it's not okay to buy fast fashion and to to engage in mindless consumption, I do think that we need to be understanding that as someone ventures down the path of sustainability, you know, backslides will happen and we need to be there for them in order to make them feel safe and secure in this space and encourage them to continue down that path.
0: You talk a little bit on your blog about this phrase that I'm totally going to steal and credit you for from here on out, which is eco burnout. I love it. It's just encompasses so many fears and feelings of overwhelm that a lot of people face as they start to go more eco-friendly. And when it comes to our closets, I feel as though so many people are just used to going to the mall, having the mannequins tell them what looks good, what's cool, what's in style, and then, you know, you open your wallet and you you consume it, you purchase it. When you ask that somebody consider making more eco-friendly decisions when it comes to their closets, I feel as though they get eco-burnout before they even do anything. It's something about the closet.
1: I mean, I think we get overwhelmed, right? We're all of a sudden, you know, we we all of a sudden have this idea that we want to be better people. We want to be better humans. You know, we want to treat each other better. We want to treat the planet better. But it's hard to look in the mirror. And, you know, in, by mirror, I mean your closet. It's hard to look at your closet and say, This is the damage I have done. No one wants to do that, you know. No one wants to kind of look at themselves and say, "Hey, you've made some bad decisions in your past." And we do. We, you know, a lot of activities in our life, we tend to look at and say, "Well, I'm already doing it, and changing it could be really hard." And we don't want to face the mirror, so it's easier to stick with what we're already doing than to make a change. And eco burnout happens. You know, both when you're looking at your closet, because it is overwhelming. We've done a lot of damage and a lot of us have consumed so much that our closets are enormous. And we, most people don't even know what's in their closet. They couldn't tell you what's in there. And, you know, a fire broke out and they had to make an insurance claim and they said, can you name every item, you know, that was in your closet? Most of us couldn't do it. And that's indicative of the shopping problems we have. So that's overwhelming in itself. But ego burnout is more than that. Ego burnout is this idea that you know we all we all enter, or most of us, and we hope that everyone enters, you know, a sustainable lifestyle. But how we get to that entry point is very different. For me, it was human rights. For other people, it might be veganism. Um, you know, for others, it might be they saw the ban the straw movement, and so plastic is their concern. We all get there at a different. You know, different entry point, but our path is the same. You know, we all want to do better for the planet. We all want to do better for, you know, humans around the world. But it's, I equate it to going to the gym, right? So if I've never worked out a day in my life, I'm not going to go then go into the gym and sign up for an hour long spin class. If I've never taken a spin class in my life, I will be so tired. My muscles will hurt. I will never, ever want to go back. And this is actually based on firsthand experience. So it is small incremental steps and, you know, going back to the gym analogy, you know, you go into the gym for the first day and you're going to pick up a 10 pound weight. And once you can consistently pick up a 10 pound weight and lift that with no problem, then you can move on to 20 pounds and 30 pounds, but you can't take it all on at once. If you try to, that's where eco burnout happens. And you just feel like it's an insurmountable problem and there's nothing you can do as an individual. So why even bother trying?
0: What I hear you saying is that incrementalism is really important, especially when it comes to tackling your closet. And by the way, if anybody listening today who is interested in exactly what fast fashion is as opposed to slow fashion, definitely go back and check out episode 43 of this podcast. So, okay. So we're on board with incremental changes. We're on board with eco-conscious closets. Like what do you do first? Now, my advice to
1: anybody is to, instead of going to the typical retailer that you would go to, is to head to a thrift store instead. Now at a thrift store, you're doing a couple Different things that are all very positive. The first is that you're by shopping in a thrift store, you're telling You know, typical retailers that you're not interested in introducing new materials to the market that you want your clothing secondhand, which is wonderful. The second really good thing is that I almost guarantee you, whatever you were looking for, you will find at those stores. You know, right now thrift stores are overwhelmed with clothing from fast fashion companies because that's what people are giving back to the store. So I almost guarantee you, you know, if you go there looking for something from Forever 21 because that's you know, you love how their jeans fit, I almost guarantee you you will find it at your thrift store. You know, the other thing that people don't really understand too is that you end up saving yourself quite a bit of money by going to thrift stores. It's actually even cheaper than going to a, you know, typical retailer. So that's Mm. great for you.
0: This is a podcast heavy on discussions about minimalism. And so by default, we talk a, a lot about decluttering. And I'm wondering... Does decluttering your closet help you to create a more sustainable wardrobe? And if so, how? So yes,
1: I think it does. Um, in all transparency, I am not a minimalist. Um, I, I'm sure you've seen from some of my recent articles. In particular, I am what I would call a maximalist in a sustainable manner. Um, but I <laughs> believe it or not, those two things, minimalism and maximalism, have more in common if you're doing it in. The purest of values. Um, But decluttering, I think, holds the same whether you are a minimalist or a maximalist. Clutter is the stuff we keep around for that, you know, maybe one day I'll wear it, or, you know, maybe one day if I have kids, they'll want to own it. Clutter is the stuff that we don't use. Um, And so in order to find your true style, your true values, that stuff has to go. Now, I'm not a personal fan of the one in one out theory, which I know a lot of people are. To me, clutter is more the idea that I'm never going to use this. I'm holding on to this with the idea that someone else will use it, or maybe, maybe, maybe one day down the road, I might get around to it. If you're not using it at all, if you can't see it an exact time in your life, where it's going to be useful, get rid of it. And that helps to give you a clearer picture of what your values are and what your style is specifically when it comes to your closet.
0: Okay. So that is the perfect segue into my most pressing question, which is on your blog, you have some really just phenomenal photos of you wearing what looks to my untrained eye to be like high fashion items, items that just are beautiful, but I personally would never wear because I pick my kid up from preschool every day and it just wouldn't go. (laughs) And I would not consider myself like a fashionable person. I don't know if I even have a style other than comfort slash like yoga pants. (laughs) (laughs) For people like me who wear yoga pants and or what companies tell me is currently trendy, What would you recommend we do to figure out our personal style?
1: So I have to start off by saying I was that person. I would walk into a store and I would see what's on the mannequin and say, that looks amazing. And, you know, companies aren't stupid. They pay good money for those outfits, you know, for visual merchandisers to put those outfits together. Um, So I've definitely been there. Uh, What I found is that when I I took that approach – all of a sudden, my closet became enormous. I ha- and when I tried to get dressed in the morning, I had items in there that I didn't recognize. They didn't feel comfortable to me. They didn't. They look great in the store, but in my own wardrobe, I couldn't figure out how to wear them. So, my personal approach to style is: you you have to know you have to know who you are. Um, but there's two things I always recommend. And the first thing is to create a mood board, um, you know, and and Pinterest is wonderful for this. So what I say is, is go in, create a board of looks that you love and they don't have to be practical. They can be completely over the top. Um, you shouldn't limit yourself by brand or price or anything like that. Just try and find outfits and looks that you absolutely love. Um, And once you do that, the next step is to kind of look at that board on a whole and say, okay, is there anything here that sticks out to me? Is everything black? Is, you know, are there any skirts in here? Or is it, you know, a white button up with a pair of jeans? That seems to be the common theme. So start to pick out what those common themes are. Is it a specific color? Is it a specific cut, like an A-line or a pie crust collar? Really, what are the commonalities? And then after that, write, write, write those commonalities down. And then once you do that, go into your own closet. And this is where the scary bit happens, and I apologize, but it's a necessary step. <laughs> What you need to do is take that list and start trying on all of your clothing, literally everything in your wardrobe that you own. If you can take a picture, even if it's a mirror selfie, no one's going to see it. So, you know, no one cares. This is just for you. And, you know, take your shirts and try them on and and mix them with different pants or skirts or, you know, dresses if you're into layering with that shirt, you know, try in different shoes, different jewelry. Essentially, you want to create outfits for yourself. And with that list, and after trying on all your clothes, you'll get a really good idea of what you feel comfortable in. So this could be a specific color, this could be a specific cut. Um, once you have that idea, the next time you go out to a store, it's, it's going to start to be ingrained in you that when you, you know, go into a store and you see a pair of, you know in my case, I love the look of Birkenstock sandals. But they don't fit in my closet. They don't, they don't mix with anything else I own. Um, and as much as I love them on a mannequin, I know that I will never wear those. So if I don't love them I'm ne- in the store, I'm never going to love them when they come into my house and they're going to sit in the box and I'm never, ever going to wear them. So you really need to have an idea of what your core shapes, styles, colors are. Um, for me... That's a lot of patterns Um, for other people. It could be, you know, all neutral colors. The other thing I should say is that, you know, we talk a lot about style in the fashion industry and you'll see a lot of buzzwords such as classic or feminine or, you know, minimalist has become a style category now, um, hobo chic, whatever, whatever, you know, the buzzword of the day is. But a magazine can't tell you what your personal style is. Your personal style is unique to you and your lifestyle, you know, so you're, you're picking up your kids at preschool. So what you wear is going to be very different from what I wear, but it's once we find what we're comfortable in, you know, the cut, the color, that's when, you know, other people start to look at you and say, wow, she looks so put together, and it's because you know who you are inside and nobody else, no store, no magazine can tell you differently.
0: Okay, Kate, you just changed my life. <laughs> and I'm sure you just changed some listeners' lives as well. Because what I hear you saying is essentially a really simple formula for blocking the system. No mannequin, no commercial, no advertisement no email is going to tell me what I should buy because you're showing me now how I can know what I want to buy, if that makes any sense.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's, it's true. And, you know, one of one of the examples I give to people is that, you know, when I'm working at home, you'll find me in a t-shirt or a sweater and a pair of jeans. But if I'm out and I'm shooting photos or, you know, I'm out with friends or whatever, you're going to see me generally in a skirt. And, you know, my favorite is like a button down with a bow tie. And but here's the thing, because I've gone through and really honed down my style, I know that that button down is going to go with those jeans perfectly. And that T-shirt is going to go with that skirt perfectly. So whether I'm running out to the grocery store or sitting at my desk, it doesn't matter what I pull from my wardrobe. I know that those items will go together because that's me and no one else can take that from me or tell me what it should be.
0: Just one final question to satisfy my curiosity. Can you walk us through your closet a little bit? I mean, I know you said you have a lot of patterns, you like skirts. Is it a walk-in, overflowing?
1: It is. It is. is. My wardrobe is a walk-in closet. It's about 250 square feet. It is um, much larger than the average closet. And there is a lot of stuff in there. Now, that being said, because as I mentioned, I don't subscribe to the one in one out theory, I am a collector of clothing. So a lot of clothing is really old. Um, we're talking 15 to 20 years old, (laughs) some of that stuff in the closet. Um, some of it is from days where I did have what I would classify as a fast fashion shopping bad habit. You know, I bought a lot of stuff, but I still wear it. So why would I get rid of it? Now, if I wasn't wearing it, I think that's a different story and there are appropriate resources to eliminate those clothes, but I still wear mine. Therefore, I say, keep it, um, you know, moving forward you know for the past two and a half two and a half years my approach has been love what you already own and wear it that is the number one most sustainable thing we can do wear what you already own the second most sustainable thing we can do is thrifting which i think is broken down into three different categories and that includes you know buying something from a thrift store that also includes borrowing something from friends or family members And that also includes hand-me-down items, which I am a big fan of. Um, I have a lot of heirloom clothing and jewelry, um, which are very, very special to me. And then the last, in my opinion, sustainable way to move forward is if you have to buy something new. If you can't find it at a thrift store and you don't already own it, then buy it from a sustainable company. But that should be no more than 10% of your wardrobe because the other 90% should either be hand-me-down items secondhand or it should be stuff you already own. And that's kind of my approach to wardrobes in general.
0: And it sounds to me like... Your wardrobe brings you a lot of happiness and joy, so there's no need to just cut it down willy-nilly just because if you're wearing everything you have, then be a maximalist.
1: <laughs> yep, yeah, that's that's definitely my approach. You know, I know there's a lot of um, media attention right now giving given to living with fewer items, and I think there is a lot of value in that and a lot we can take away from that. In the rest of my home, I pretty much apply that approach. Um, But when it comes to my wardrobe, you're right. It is something that brings me a lot of joy. It's something that I enjoy and love on a daily basis. I am certainly not advocating for mindless consumption. Um, I, I don't think that should ever happen. If you ever just find yourself at a store saying, well, like, I have nothing to wear next Friday, so I think I'll buy this. I I think there's something fundamentally flawed with that line of thinking, and I think that has come about with marketing and advertising from fast fashion companies, and I think we need to reevaluate that. But when it comes to enjoying clothing, I don't see anything wrong with that. And I think we really need to evaluate what in our lives brings us a lot of pleasure. If that is organizing your kitchen in glass jars, then go for it. Absolutely. You know, if it's, you know, bringing in heirloom pieces of furniture into your house so that, you know, there's a a piece on every single wall, then that's you and own that. But do it in a responsible manner.
0: Where can listeners who want to follow you and check out your 250 square foot closet find you? So I run uh, the
1: blog worldthreadstraveler.com, and they can also find me on Instagram at worldthreads. I feel like I'm overpronouncing the world, but I know it gets confused with word every once in a while, (laughs) but worldthreads. Um, Facebook, I run a group, World Threads Traveler, the art of slow living, where people can ask any question they want from how to use a menstrual cup To, you know, I'm traveling to Belize in the next couple months. What are some sustainable resorts and activities? Uh, It's a group that's completely open for discussion on all things slow living. And, you know, I I invite people to ask questions and they can always send me an email
0: at hello at worldthreadstraveler.com. I will absolutely link to all your social presences online in this week's show notes, but I just want to thank you so much for coming on the show. I must say you are my first maximalist on a minimalist show (laughs) and I'm so happy to have had the opportunity to talk to you.
1: No, thank you very much. And, you know, like I said, minimalism and maximalism are not that far apart. You know, it's, it's all how you go about the practice of it, but you know, what I love about the sustainable community on a whole is that there is more common ground than not and that the discussions are free flowing. And so thank you very, very much.
0: I so hope you enjoyed that interview with Kate Bagby over at World Threads Traveler. If Kate said something that was really great, but you didn't have a pen and couldn't write it down, you can find this episode's show notes as well as information on 14 Days to Zero Waste, the online course at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 060. On next week's episode, we are talking about Minimalism 101, so to speak. And specifically, we are discussing ways in which to stay motivated despite overwhelm. See you then. Take care.